Hello, everybody. I'm Peter Goldstein, founder of We Did It That Health, and uh, I am so excited to be here for our third Saturday keynote presentation, and we have a very special guest today. Uh, let me first tell you, if you're not familiar with what our mission and objective is, uh, we are here to actually let me do this i'm a minute early so i'm going to start over again i wanted to welcome everybody and make sure that we're on a minute early just so that people can find us and join us because i know that uh some sometimes these live streams are a little bit challenging to to launch and find and where to click and technology stuff so i'm going to just hold on one more minute and get started so welcome if you're already here I'd uh, love to know who you are, and I so appreciate you and so look forward to adding value to everybody's lives and holiday experiences. So I'm going to take one more minute before I actually get started here. Um, so thank you for being here. I see there's more people coming on and coming on. So we want to make sure that everybody's here for from the beginning as much as possible. Um, well, I think I'll go ahead and get started now. So here we go. Welcome everybody. I'm Peter Goldstein, founder of We Did It Health, And I am so excited that we are launching our our new community, which is we're calling it the Thrive and Inspire Ambassadors community. So our mission overall is to move the needle on, on the vegan and whole food plant-based world for four big reasons. There's a fourth one that, that I just became so aware of that you'll want to know about also. So it's, it's for health, it's for animal compassion and justice, it's for climate healing, but the big fourth one is, is global uh, hunger. So actually, if we all became vegan and plant-based, we'd all be healthy, we save so much animal suffering, we could reverse the climate change, and we could feed everybody so we wouldn't have so many starving people around the world. So that's our mission. Thank you. I'm so glad we're here. You're here. We're all here. I'm so glad we're all here. And we have a very special guest. I'll introduce him in a second. Our mission, our purpose here is to thrive and inspire. So thrive, so thrive for ourselves to be able to thrive with physical health, with emotional well-being, and then to have the tools, strategies, and support so we can inspire our friends and loved ones to change their lifestyle to be plant-based for for all the four reasons I mentioned before. So with that, welcome, and I'm so glad you're here. And I'm going to bring on Dr. Lee Edinger. He's an MD, he's, he's a doctor, he's a pediatrician, and more importantly, he's even more specific, he's a nephrologist, a kidney doctor with kids, and of course, he's He's, he'll tell you all about it. He's sh shifted his career, his path. He wants to be more engaged directly with people, and uh, he'll tell you all about that. He's also an amazing bicyclist, an adventurer, and he's just a wonderful all-around human being, and I know you're going to love to meet him. So with that, I'll bring him on, and here he is, Dr. Edinger. Thanks so much, Peter. That was a wonderful introduction. Thank you for having me here today. Yes, as Peter said, I am a pediatric nephrologist. I worked for 16 years at a major medical institution in northern New Jersey as a pediatric nephrologist and also as a pediatric obesity specialist. But last year, I changed my focus. I really want to spread the plant-based message to families. And so I help families that are plant-based ensure that their children are growing well without any nutrient deficiencies. And then I'm also still focused on the pediatric obesity, trying to help families that are struggling with weight management for their children to uh, employ the plant-based diet for pediatric weight management. Okay, let me start the slideshow. And uh, let me just start with a medical disclaimer. While I'm not your, uh, while I am a gray-haired doctor, I'm not your gray-haired doctor. So this presentation is for information purposes only. Please talk with your doctor who knows you best before you make any changes in your diet or lifestyle. 
All right, I'm actually wanna get started with a poll. So here's a statement. Right now, gravity is pulling me up out of my chair and I'm gonna show you how to answer this poll in real time. So there's a few different ways. If you are on a laptop or desktop, open a new window, a new tab, and go to slido.com. And while you're doing that, in a moment, I'll read out the number that you're gonna enter on the screen that you see there. If you're on a laptop or desktop and have your phone by your side, open the phone's camera and point the camera at the QR code in the left upper corner. Don't take a picture of the QR card. Just in a moment, a yellow bar will pop up on the screen under the QR code and uh, click on that and that will take you to the poll. So if you're on a desktop and you've opened a new window now, you can enter in the number 256-6378. And then you should go into the Slido account and make sure you're not looking at Q&A, but rather in the top, there is a place to click on polls. So if hopefully you're seeing the screen and uh, seeing a uh, true-false selection. Uh, pick your true or false. Right now, gravity is pulling me up out of my chair. True or false? Click on your answer and submit. Now, if you're on your phone, there's no easy way for you to uh, participate in this poll because it would mean you have to leave uh, this account or this uh, presentation. So uh, you can just enter in the chat, true or false, uh, whether this statement is true or false. Right now, gravity is pulling me up out of my chair. I'll give you uh, some moments to make that selection. Is anyone having, having any technical problems with this? I used to do this live when I gave talks in person before the pandemic and uh, you know the audience would whip out their phones and I'd have the QR code up on the screen and it was really fun to see people's answers pop up. Uh, this is my first time attempting it since the pandemic. Hopefully we can get some answers coming up. Uh, Peter, are you seeing any chat comments or getting any feedback from anyone out in the audience that they might be having trouble with this? Um, I've, I've seen a couple falses. People, one person says true, um, and two people say false. That's interesting. It's not coming up on my screen. Yeah, this technology stuff. Like I said, it was it was easy when. Uh, oh, here we go. All right, I've won. I guess maybe it's a little lag for for my presentation, but yeah. So how many how many responses do you have so far? Well, it, one response. I see three in the chat. Three in the chat. Okay, what are they saying? Uh, one says true, and two say false, and. Maybe the person who says true is uh, maybe she really knew the answer here. So <laughs> <laughs> no hints. I'm sus no hints. suspect of her. No hints. <laughs> is, she a, is, is that person a physicist or something? <laughs> a physicist, yes. <laughs> um, or, and anybody else want to chime in on this? I know, I know, I was fooled. So, Lee, you're um, you're very clever with this. This is a really important question because it's certainly we we all think by default that that would be false. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm seeing one in my slides. I'm seeing one person put false, but you're saying that in the chat, it seems like people are saying false. Okay. So the actual yes. answer is true. Uh, because gravity is the attractive force between two objects with mass. So right now, yes, we are all being pulled down by the gravity of the Earth below us, but we are actually being pulled up by the moon, uh, the stars above us. Even this light fixture above me is pulling up on me based on the gravity between me and the light switch, uh, the, light, the light fixture. Uh, it's just that such slight uh, gravities from these very small, or very distant objects are, they might be calculatable, but they're not perceptible. Um, you know, think about the moon pulling on the tides, the pulls on the ocean. So yes, the true answer is that gravity is pulling me up out of my chair. I might not perceive it, 
but it is there. It's, gravity's pulling me in every direction, but this tug of war right now is being won by the Earth. So uh, if we can, you should have the question reset. And now um, if you can re-enter your answer after learning that updated information about gravity. So right now gravity is pulling me up out of my chair. Would you still say false or do you think it's true? Seems like people are fascinated by by this fact. And I know I was when you first told me and, and it is amazing. So maybe you wanna show us some other things that we may really change our perceptions on if we get the true facts. Yes, exactly. So um, this is a example that I used and someone might have a preconceived notion about gravity. And then I gave a piece of data, some information and like I said, when I've done this poll live, uh, we've gotten back that I've been able to change uh, at least most of the audience's answers from false to true. I hope all the viewers out there and listeners out there have also been able to thought, if you thought it was false before, now you think it's true. Now, wouldn't that be nice if that was the way we could change people's minds about the plant-based diet, right? You present the plant-based diet, you maybe give a piece of information about how it improved your health or it's helping the animals or the environment, or as Peter mentioned, uh, the global uh, food crisis, the food insecurity issues. Uh, and wouldn't it be nice if that simple fact could change people's mind as quickly and easily as I changed your mind about gravity. But um, I'm assuming you're here because that has not been your experience. So what we have is upcoming holidays with the omnivores, with friends and family members who uh, perhaps you tried to change their mind with some simple facts like I did about gravity and it hasn't worked. So you are going to be going and enjoying, I hope, or dreading holidays with these friends and family members. So I'm going to go over three strategies to help you cope. Now, I go by uh, Dr. Herbivore because I'm trying to help families eat more plant-based. Things we're going to be talking about are new perspectives and, I hope, solutions. I'll be talking about chimpanzees. I'll be talking about yawning. I'll be talking about the roads. Excuse me for interrupting. Uh, your slides, you're not back on your slideshow. You're still oh, on your poll. There you go. Thank you. Wait, what do you see? I'm on my I'm on my slides. We, we do see your slides now. We're good. Thank you. It's on my objectives. All right. Yes, we, we yes. technology, technology. <laughs> All right. So the first uh, the first <laughs> The first story we're talking about is um, the chimpanzees. So uh, we have a lot in common with chimpanzees, actually a lot of our DNA. Uh, we both have opposable thumbs. We have uh, ability to use tools, communicate, and we have uh, some complex emotions like sympathy and grief. Um, but uh, the difference, big difference between us and the chimpanzees is the stories that we tell each other and how we can share uh, really made up kind of abstract stories with each other and the listener has a decision whether they're going to believe the stories or not. So let's say that I could communicate perfectly with this chimpanzee in this picture here holding the banana. And I say, Mr. Chimp, uh, I see you have a banana. I would like that banana. Would you please give me the banana? If you give me that banana, you will be a nice chimp. If you don't give me that banana and share your banana with me, you will be a naughty chimp. Now, in December, we have a very festive holiday uh, and if you are a nice chimp to me now in December, in uh, overnight, the jolly man from the North Pole will ride on a sleigh of reindeer to your tree where you live. And when you wake up in the morning, because you're a nice chimp now sharing your banana with me, you will wake up and find a whole bunch of bananas. Uh, and if you're a naughty chimp and don't share that banana with me, then uh, you'll likely find nothing. So the chimpanzee might consider this story and not quite believe it and refuse to give me the banana. But I might say, well, Mr. Chimp, you're driving a hard bargain. What if I give you this green piece of paper in exchange for the banana? I'll have the banana, you have the green piece of paper. You can take the green piece of paper down to the market. And when you're at the market, you can pick out another item, a mango or coconut or candy bar if you want, and uh, turn pass the piece of paper over to the person behind the counter and you get to keep your new purchase. 
now do we have a deal? And the chimpanzee might still be scratching his head and say, no, I don't think so. I don't know about this market you talk about or what I'm really going to do with this piece of paper. Please understand that the story of the of Santa Claus and the story of money and the dollar are equally legitimate. They're both totally made up by people. The only difference is in the degree of belief in the story. And if you're about six years old, you've probably figured out that the story of Santa Claus is a fairy tale. And maybe you've started to get allowance and you figured out that the story of money is pretty important and that you should really try to understand. And uh, all the adults seem to really focus on money in the home. So uh, the degree, only difference between those two stories is the degree of acceptance. Another way you can think about it is that a thousand years ago, there was no story of Santa Claus. A thousand years ago, there was no story of the US dollar. And I don't know, in a thousand years, uh, if there's still gonna be a similar story of Santa Claus and if the US dollar will still be the unit of exchange. Uh, on, the, on the other hand, gravity was still here a thousand years ago. Gravity is still gonna be here in a thousand years. But I hope you can see that these are just stories that we tell each other right now. Now, for most of my life, I heard stories that, um, well, what if I said to this chimpanzee, um, put that banana down, it's full of carbohydrates. Uh, you need a lean protein, you need to eat meat, you need dairy for strong bones and fish for healthy fats. So those are the stories that I heard most of, your, of my life. And uh, those are the stories I would tell my patients who are looking for nutritional information. But in 2014, I started to hear other stories, stories about the plant-based diet and how the plant-based diet can really help health and how these milk and meats and fish and other animal-based products could actually start to harm health. And the more I looked into it, uh, the more these stories made more sense to me and guided my life. So the problem, the first problem that we're gonna talk about is that people have heard animal-based stories their whole life. And here we come along as plant-based ambassadors, vegan ambassadors, and uh, these are new stories that are disconcerting to people. So the solution to this problem is to share with people these new plant-based stories, share how maybe your health has been benefited or, or ways that the plant-based diet has impacted your life. So here's, I have an example of a plant-based ambassador uh, we did at Health Ambassador sharing a story. But I also ask to consider new traditions. The stories that make up our upcoming holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever, uh, are all based on just that. They're stories. We eat Thanksgiving on the Thursday in November. That's a story. The calendar is a story. Um, another example I have is that uh, when I was growing up, I grew up Jewish. So does anyone know what Jewish families do on Christmas when you know the rest of the Christian world is celebrating this very special holiday, what Jewish families do? It. Is there any comments on uh, what might Jewish traditions be on Christmas? I actually saw this in a movie once. I don't think it was only my family. But uh, Peter, can you see, are there any comments uh, in the chat about what Jewish people do on Christmas Day? Uh, I don't see any comments yet, and I know we, uh, I, I'm Jewish myself, so need to, everything's closed except for Chinese restaurants. So That's exactly that's, it, yes, <laughs> thank you. Um, you're not, a, you're not a plant. Um, yes, my family, <laughs> we would, we would go to Mr. Lee's Chinese restaurant. I thought it was so cool because my name was Lee, and we would go to Mr. Lee's Chinese restaurant, and that was my, my Jewish family tradition, and it sounds like I'm not alone. Um, yes, the Chinese food restaurants. So then, uh, so for my, you know, childhood, that was our tradition on Christmas, we would go out for Chinese food. And then I meet my wife and we get married and she's Christian. And all of a sudden my traditions changed for Christmas day. Now I'm happily celebrating Christmas with my in-laws and my family uh, and my kids. So you can see that my tradition for what to do on that day changed from my childhood to my adulthood. So I would ask that people, when they're planning their holiday traditions with their families, if their families are omnivores, to start thinking about new holiday traditions. For example, it's, it's, they're just stories. So the story of having a turkey on your table, would the families be agreeable to having a plant-based entree instead, hopefully, or at least side by side with the turkey? Or 
you know, why do we, it's just a story. Why do we have to sit around and eat a meal as a family? Could we go for a walk together or go to the park together or clean up the park together or do something like that on these, uh, these holidays? Why are they always centered around meals? So I would just ask to brainstorm and perhaps think about new traditions to carry forward with the family uh, as your diet has changed and uh, just like as my religion changed uh, growing up to my adulthood. All right, so you know, then you also get the um, retorts from people when you start talking about the plant-based diet, you know, but I like bacon or I love cheese. Well, the next topic I wanna to talk about is something called the pleasure trap of these foods. And this is a concept um, in a book by Dr. Lyle and it's problem number two, the pleasure trap. So high calorie processed foods with salt, added sugar, fat, comfort us into thinking our survival problems have been solved. So we evolved at a time of calorie scarcity and all of the parts of our brain and our body is geared towards gathering calories. And uh, if we get those calories, we're very happy. We get a little dopamine, a little opioids, a little serotonin, and um, we're gonna survive another day, another week. So our brain has been spun into a puzzle that was never designed to solve. So we're totally geared to seeking out and gathering and eating these calories and now calories are everywhere. So that puts us on the pleasure trap. And the pleasure trap means that the lower calorie food choice feels wrong and the higher calorie food choice feels better in the moment. So 100,000 years ago, our prehistoric ancestor finding an apple or an apple pie and was only allowed to eat one in this story um, would obviously eat the apple pie uh, because that would ensure longer survival. That was the right choice or eat bacon or eat cheese the high calorie density foods. And um, that was the right choice. So, but nowadays, uh, eating pie every day, eating bacon every day, eating cheese every day, this has become a more problematic choice. It still feels right though, because of the way we evolved. The apple actually feels like a threat to, this, to our survival. So bringing up the plant-based diet to someone might actually feel like a threat to their survival, that they can no longer eat those foods that we evolved to seek out uh, might actually be a, almost a threat to the person. When I read the book, I was very moved by this uh, concept. And as a father of three and pediatrician, I um, thought it also applied to parents. So we have this instinct to feed or even overfeed our children uh, so that they survive. And a child who says they do not like a certain food like vegetables uh, is really just expressing that they cannot uh, they're, they're concerned that they cannot survive on that lower calorie food. Like mom, dad, parent, grandparent, guardian, why are you giving me these asparagus when I can eat ice cream instead? Why are you trying to impair my survival? Let me have the ice cream. So I think the temper tantrums and these food fights uh, make complete evolutionary sense. But that's not it. We're also in the product trap. Uh, companies are worried about their own survival and products. A bland product could doom a company. So like a picky child making demands, the food companies insist on serving us highly processed food. So the problem is with these traps is that we don't know we're stuck in them. And one of the ways out of them was described by Dr. Brewer in a nine minute TED talk that he posted in 2016. And it's really worth a visit. I'll sum it up here. He was trying to help people quit smoking. He was teaching them about mindfulness and the concept and practice of mindfulness. And he was surprised to see that these people that were sweating, quitting smoking were also losing weight. And that's not typical. People who quit smoke because of the oral fixation, they often gain weight. So when he delved into it, he found out that these smokers uh, were applying the same mindfulness concept to their food selection. And he was like, aha. So he also does research now in uh, helping people overcome their food traps uh, with this concept of mindfulness. So what is mindfulness? Our high calorie foods that we enjoy so much, they're enchanting. Uh, like I said, we're evolved to seek out and enjoy high calorie foods. So all of our senses are fine tuned to be attracted to the sight of these foods, so colorful, uh, to the smell of the foods, baking, uh, to the sound of the foods, that cupcake wrapper crinkling as you unwrap it is very enchanting. And then of course, the taste of the foods and how it feels in our mouths the consistency, and then of course, all the memories that are triggered of childhood cupcake parties and birthday parties, things like that. So all of this uh, highly processed foods 
uh, and, I'll, and I'll throw bacon and, and meat products in there too. They're just very enchanting to our senses. So we got to break those enchances. I'm sorry, Lee. I uh, hate to interrupt you, but your slides aren't advancing. Uh-oh. What I don't, slide am I on? Not, not, not. What slide am I on then? Uh, you're you're good now. I see the rose, but you were stuck on the chimpanzee before. So, I guess technology is kind of monkeying around with you. <laughs> is it? Yeah. Is did did uh, you, did you, you are my, are on the rose? Yes. You did move you see my picture now. of Judson of Judson Brewer? No. Did you see that? Last slide we seen was uh, was the chimpanzee and the the money, the dollar and and Santa Claus. So. It, it stuck on that slide? It was stuck on that slide, yes. Uh, I'm like 30 slides past that one. 30 slides past. I, All right, so this I'm is sorry. an audio uh, presentation. I'm wondering, it's an I'm wondering audio. why. I think, uh, I think my polling software corrupted this uh, file or something. That may very well be. Yikes. All right, so now what do you? Okay, so it's problem number one. People have heard animal-based stories their whole lives. All right. Uh... <laughs> is... Now what do you see? I, uh, I, and your is your audio off, Lee? We're not uh, hearing no, you. I can now. hear you. I was just waiting to see what um, what you're seeing now. Well, I'm still seeing the problem number one. People have heard animal-based stories their whole life. Mm, okay. Do you see the and solution? Honestly, look. Nope. Are you advancing? Yes, your slide has not moved since uh, since you came to. Well, you had the rose, and now this one. Okay, so now it's centered. Uh, before the slide was distorted, now I see it centered. Um, with with the second half of the problem number one slide is on also. Consider new traditions. Yeah, that was like fifteen minutes ago. Oh my uh, let me goodness. See. Um, I'm going to close the, uh, the file and try to open it up again. Yeah. Go ahead and close down PowerPoint altogether. Yeah. Everybody, we, we apologize on behalf of technology and the technology monsters out there. Yeah. Um, this is frustrating. Um, let me see. So, uh, Oops. So you need to start with that present and upload. There it is. Okay. And it's back online. All right. What do you see now? Uh, see your medical disclaimer. Okay. Yes, that's very important. But, yes, uh, we're we're going to move on from there. Yes, please uh, do. All right. So, you, my chimpanzee friend. So, there's. I'll uh, I'll nod when you when you advance your slide. All right. You're still on medical disclaimer. Uh, you know, if you leave your slide presentation where it is and then click on the left on the slide that you, you'd like to be showing, maybe that would get you mm. leave the previews on. There you go. Um, you've advanced the problem number one slide. 
this is a really wonderful slide presentation, and I'm sorry that it's being being messed up. And, um, I'm sorry too. I I don't know what the problem is. Um, so and some, somebody's asking if you can share a copy of the slide with the audience. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm trying to, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I can <laughs> I can uh, send it to you afterwards. Okay. Or we could try. We could try to refilm this, uh, like, uh, or I can try to refilm it separately and upload that file. Um, you're looking and at that, the pleasure that, trap now. So we're looking at problem number two, the pleasure trap. Yes. All right. Here's my apple and apple pie example. Here's the the child who's up frustrated about being served vegetables. Do you see that? Your your uh, um, problem number two slide. Oh, so okay. There you like go. It doesn't advance at all when I'm actually trying to play the. Uh, yeah. When I so it's to play it. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that's a that's a shame. And so you're not going to get any of the. Um, um, any of the, the visuals. I've never had this before. I wonder if it's the uh, polling software I inserted in there. I, that's probably a, a okay. Um, click the slideshow and then start from the beginning and you can move forward from there is what uh, Jeff Palmer is suggesting. Click the slideshow. Click, click slideshow. Which is, I think, what you were doing first time around is click slideshow on your top menu and then start from the beginning, which would be your first icon in the second row on top. And uh, you know what? You know, you know what? Um, I think you need to change the window view, Peter. Change the window view. Yeah, yeah. You're looking at. Uh, of my window, but can you see the other window that I have open? Oh, do you have two monitors? I, I'm not sure how that would no. work. In the in the bottom of StreamYard, uh, yeah. there's my camera where where you can see my face, but then there's another yes. window. Yes, there's another window? window, which if I remove the other window, we don't see your slideshow at all. So I have I have three windows open, you, me, and your slideshow. Right. So can you close you and me and okay. see what happens to the slideshow? Sure. Um, if Okay. There's the slideshow now. Can Will you advance it there? I'm going to try in a moment. All right. What do you, what do you see now? Well, I'm seeing the slide show, same slide, the pro, uh, the product trap. All right. Let me. Okay. Um, now, now that changed. Now that's moved on to the next slide. Oh, it has. Okay. Yeah. So now it's problem number two. Yes. Well, um, hmm. But how do, um, sorry, what, what was the suggestion that someone wrote in? Well, the suggestion, I think Jeff suggested what we were doing, which was, um, so now we're showing, yes, yeah, so now we're showing the cupcakes. Yeah, so I think, uh, you know what, there's up on up the icons the very first icon says uh start from the beginning but you're you're fine where you are and i would just try and proceed from here then um but that's not going to have any of the um animations and stuff yeah um Let me try. Uh, 
let me try oh let me try uh taking the polling oh the polling stuff is gone that's out hmm this okay so um I would suggest then if it's okay with everybody is that if you would go ahead with your presentation without the slides, we'll send out mm -hmm. the slides. And if you'd like to record it, we'll certainly be happy to post the recording with the slides. Uh, after okay. you I mean, uh, I can, I'll, I'll just show the, uh, the slides without the animations, I guess. They're, they're mostly fun, but. Uh, I, I'm sure they are. I know they are because I've seen it before. So. Okay, I'm back on the cupcakes, the enchanting cupcakes. Okay. Can you see the cupcakes? Nope. Oh, well, your slides are not uploaded at this point. I think uh, I think what I'll have to do is maybe record this myself for your your viewers. I'll just record it my so that it's not all jumbled up. They'll be wonderful, and uh, we'll we'll upload it to our to our YouTube channel and make it available on on our Facebook page and Facebook group once you have that. And I'm going to write a strongly worded email to this polling software. I think that was the culprit. <laughs> yeah. I won't mention them by name, or maybe I should. Are you looking at my cupcakes yet? No, no, um, I need to. There we go. There's your cupcakes. All right, cupcakes. Bye, cupcakes. All right, so mindfulness, uh, looking at the flower yet? Yes, the flower is up. Okay, so sorry about this, everybody. Um, so Dr. Brewer says that mindfulness means being curious in the moment. So it means um, thinking about the rose, for example. So this rose is um, so enchanting with the smell and its uh, beauty look and the memories of Valentine's Day. So you might want to grab the rose. But if you grab the rose, you might get stuck by the thorns below. So this is how we think about animal products. While they might be enchanting, uh, below them, uh, underneath the enchantment, are the thorns, which are like animal welfare, the environmental impact, health impact, and as Peter mentioned, the, the global food insecurity issues. So when we think about those, those uh, impacts, uh, the thorns below the rose, the mindfulness thinking about those other concerns about the animal products all of a sudden the rose isn't so enchanting anymore. So our curiosity leads to disenchantment. And once you're disenchanted by something, it no longer has that control over you. Yes, as plant-based people, we can smell bacon and understand that that would taste really great, but our mind goes to these other impacts of the bacon and then it's no longer enchanting for us. So Dr. Brewer, he, uh, oh, I'm gonna skip that. <laughs> Try to stay. We're running low on time. <laughs> so the problem is um, your Jedi mind tricks uh, don't work on me. So when we're trying to help other people become disenchanted uh, by telling them about the animal welfare, the environmental impact, uh, that doesn't quite work. Uh, they're too enchanted. So this is why um, I say swap out the enchantment. The solution, which is under here, ah, I, I'm going to animate with my cursor is uh, swap out their enchantments with plant-based products. So notice I've swapped out the rose. It's still a beautiful rose, but now it's, uh, it's a plant-based rose, let's say. So I've swapped out the meat with a plant-based meat product. I've swapped out the dairy with a plant-based dairy product. And so the people can still have their enchantments and enjoy what they enjoy about the, these products without any of these other problems like the animal welfare, the environmental impact, may or may not still have health impacts, 
uh, of the plant-based burgers and ice creams, but at least we've made a, a dent in some of these other impacts. So the other problem, uh, all right, so um, the thing is that uh, vegans are deficient in patience. Uh, I'm gonna skip that part too. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you a story about how a woman I know uh, used this enchantment swapping technique to a good effect. So she was a high up administrator in my hospital's uh, administration, and she was plant-based, and she was trying her darndest to get plant-based foods introduced into the hospital cafeteria, where the uh, I learned the number one product being sold was pizza, and the number two product being sold was pizza uh, with pepperoni on <laughs> Uh, so the other administrators did not want to uh, introduce plant-based foods into the hospital cafeteria. So she brought, um, she crashed one of their meetings and brought them lunch. Uh, so she brought them a delightful plant-based lunch and all of a sudden they were in, enchanted with this plant-based lunch. It was so delicious and uh, so tasty that uh, they were able to decide that, uh, okay, we can serve some of these plant-based foods in our hospital cafeteria. So uh, kudos to this woman who uh, her technique of swapping someone else's enchantments uh, helped uh, achieve her goals of getting plant-based foods in my hospital cafeteria. Ooh, here's a little video you can watch. Do you see, a, are you seeing a video? Yes. All right. So now if my polling software would work, uh, I would ask you if you, uh, if anyone else in the audience had the urge to yawn while watching that clip of that cute boy yawning. So uh, we can take a moment, people, did anyone out there, can you uh, write in the chat if you had the urge to yawn while watching that clip of a kid yawning? I know I did. You did? Well. Yeah, I, I don't think my uh, my slideshow has been that boring. This has been a very adventurous, <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe maybe uh, maybe you're yawning because you're bored. Um, but no, actually, the pre the reason why people yawn when other people's yawning is called contagious yawning, and this is due to mirror neurons. So a mirror neuron is a nerve that activates when a person acts or when they see someone else do that same action, and it's not mimicry. So um, yes, when people see someone else yawn, they want to yawn too, um, except there's some social connection going on. We're not quite sure why. Uh, for example, it's been studied, people with autism do not yawn when other people in the room yawn. A person who um, sees a relative yawn is more likely to yawn than when they see a stranger yawn. And a man is more likely to trigger a woman to yawn than a woman is to trigger a man to yawn. So there's something social, some kind of connection going on. Nobody knows quite why, why we do this contagious yawning, but it is a good example of mirror neurons. Another example of mirror neurons is you ever be in the park and you see someone hit with a Frisbee and you cringe up too? Uh, that's mirror neurons, uh, again, reacting, not mimicking the person getting hit by the Frisbee, but rather, um, you know, 100,000 years ago, if our tribe was walking through the woods and a tree branch fell um, or another tribe was throwing rocks at us uh, and you saw someone else get hit with a flying object, your urge to cringe uh, is the first step in you seeking shelter. So maybe that saved uh, people's lives a long, a long, long time ago. Um, so that's another example of mirror neurons. Now, mirror neurons also um, can trigger enchantments. So for example, have you ever been in a restaurant and you hear um, another table and the wait staff singing happy birthday and then the whole restaurant starts singing happy birthday too? Well, those are mirror neurons. So we've been trained since toddlers that uh, we would uh, sing the birthday song and then get a slice of cake. And so even as adults, uh, we're hearing the birthday song and maybe we start to salivate. Uh, maybe we start to, our stomach starts to grumble. Uh, but it's in response to the birthday song. And these are mirror neurons acting that uh, it makes evolutionary sense if we're sitting around our tribe, a group of people, and they're eating a high calorie food like birthday cake, that we would want to eat the birthday cake too because uh, we would want to survive. It wouldn't be a survival advantage to see other people are eating cake and, or eating some high calorie food 100,000 years ago, and we're not inclined to eat it. 
but we salivate and we start to get excited. This is can be why it's so hard to stick to a diet during a social situation. You know, someone hands you the birthday cake and you're on a diet, but uh, evolutionarily, uh, 100,000 years ago, you, there was no way you would turn down someone handing you food. So uh, part of our evolution and part of our desire to survive is triggering these mirror neurons so that we eat what everyone else around us is eating. But it works both ways. Have you ever been, um, see, you see someone vomit and you feel nauseated or you smell or hear someone vomit and you feel nauseated? So uh, that is mirror neurons also. Imagine 100,000 years ago sitting around a carcass or sitting around a fruit bush and the person next to you starts to vomit. And all of a sudden you feel nauseated and you stop eating. That other person wanders off and dies because they've been poisoned by some toxin or they get dehydrated, but you've survived because you lost your appetite. So you can see that mirror neurons can be a survival advantage also. So mirror neurons affect all of us. So here is a picture of the holiday table. And up in the left-hand corner here is a We Did It Health ambassador. And I blurred out the carcass. I blurred out the turkey so as not to offend uh, any sensitive viewers. But everyone else around the table, their mirror neurons are very excited for this feast. And they are salivating and their stomach's grumbling. And they're going to do what everyone else around them is do, uh, which is to eat these animal products uh, and animals. But you as the vegan, us as the vegan sitting there, our mirror neurons are having the opposite reaction that uh, we've decided that this is poison. Uh, maybe we develop an upset stomach. We get agitated because we don't want to eat the poison and it pains us to see other people eating that poison too. So when think about when you're at the holiday table that the response that we have as vegans, as plant-based ambassadors is almost evolutionary, or not almost, it's kind of evolutionary in nature that we're having an actual physiologic response to uh, being exposed to a, what we consider a toxin. So the solution for these mirror neuron problems is that, well, for one, people eat or don't eat what others around them are eating because of mirror neurons. The solution is to be to recognize that your discomfort might be due to these mirror neurons and to really try to eat around other plant-based people uh, the other 365 days of the year. Really a sense of community can be invigorating. Here's a picture of a group of friends eating around a plant-based meal or going to a vegan uh, food festival and inviting omnivores to eat around other plant-based people at vegan restaurants or in your own home hosting a plant-based uh, dinner party. Having the omnivores eat in such situations will hopefully trigger their mirror neurons to enjoy and engage in the plant-based foods uh, that they might feel are toxic to them. All right, so now I'm gonna sum it up if I can. Oop, whoop, this is not where I wanna be. All right, so yeah, the animations here would, aren't gonna happen, but all right, so here's a picture of a group of friends eating around a holiday dinner and uh, this woman in the back here, you can see by her face that she just she's plant-based and she just figured out the dessert that's being passed around is not uh, vegan, not plant-based. She's operating under story A, the plant-based story, and everyone else at the table is operating under story B, the animal-based model. So the really, um, the solution for this, uh, this is my summary slides, is to come up with new traditions. Uh, either if that's a plant-based option or not eating together or changing the, uh, the, the whole scene into a less of a food-based time with the family or friends into more of an activity base that's not revolved around food. That's one option. All right, so now the second, whoop, the second problem is um, that uh, she's been disenchanted. Her uh, mindfulness about the food that's at the table has made her disenchanted. Uh, while, where everyone else at the table is still enchanted. They don't see the thorns. They don't see the problems with the animal-based foods. So the solution to that second problem is to come up with enchanting plant-based foods. And then the last is that she's experiencing disgust uh, because of her mirror neurons, whereas everyone else at the table is experiencing desire because of their mirror neurons. And uh, the solution to that really is uh, to soothe the mirror neurons, uh, and it can be elsewhere if need be. Eating plant-based the rest of the year, uh, not eating at a table with animal products the rest of the year. 
So that's that's my sum, summary slides. I apologize to everyone about this. I'm going to throw my laptop out the window after this. And uh, <laughs> um, but um, if if I'm ever online again, <laughs> uh, you can find me at uh, this website, uh, drherbivore.com. Uh, you can email me uh, at edinger at drherbivore.com. I'd really like to hear about how your holidays go. Uh, if you uh, employ any of these techniques or come up with any of your own solutions, uh, I'd be happy to hear about them. I'd like to hear about them. I have a Facebook group uh, where it's a Dr. Herbivore Facebook group where we talk about plant-based issues. I put content on Instagram and LinkedIn. And then I'm happy to say um, that I'm a newish moderator for this whole communities, which is uh, from a T. Colin Campbell's nutrition uh, study courses that um, uh, offers a nice forum for people who are plant-based who want to learn how to be also plant, oh, we want to learn how to be a better advocates for plant-based eating also. I'm a little flummoxed. So uh, you can contact me, you can connect with me, you can look out for more content. Um, but like I said, I might not ever be on my computer ever again. But <laughs> if I am, <laughs> this is where I'll be. All right, I'm happy to take any questions now if if the, if the if that uh, question and answer is working on the, on the slide presentation. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. All right, let's leave your contact information up and uh, yeah. and I do encourage people to reach out to you. Uh, you're doing some amazing work supporting families and that's really so important that we get to our kids and encourage our kids. And, and it, it's gotta be re really tough for kids as uh, they go through through the world and and they don't have as many plant-based friends as we would like for them to have. And um, have you have you had any uh, situations where you've had your your patients, your young patients, uh, uh, be, become plant-based, or how, have you supported uh, them directly, or mostly with parents? Um, can you talk a little bit about your experiences in your practice? Yeah, there's a wide range of uh, reactions to or some of the families, they go wholeheartedly into it. Um, I've had some success with uh, the parents uh, more than the, the children, for example, like, you know, the mom will come back uh, into a clinic visit and be like, oh, you know, look at all these uh, nut cheese recipes I found. I'm like, oh, that's very nice. But, you know, how's Junior doing? And and she's, the mom's like, oh, he eats at uh, McDonald's on the way home from school every day. But let's talk about these recipes. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Sometimes the parents uh, take to it more than the kids, but then uh, the kids are, who are really motivated and um, uh, perhaps they follow a favorite uh, social media influencer or, or athlete or music. I try to find out what the kids are into uh, so that I can find if there's someone in their world uh, that they're interested in who's plant-based, who they can look to for inspiration uh, more, than, more than a doctor. Um, so yeah, so the, it's fun to work with the kids. Um, Beautiful. Well, I, you know, I, I would love to support anybody who's initiating a campaign to bring Popeye back. I, I think we, ah, we missed Popeye. Um, yeah, that, that's wonderful. So, because um, it's got to be really tough with for kids uh, as as they they're made uh, fun of and or you know other kids don't get it and maybe uh, someday soon we'll have more support in schools for for healthy meals and food programs. Um, you know, I want to applaud uh, New York City. I think they're making major strides in that direction. Well, we have a couple people who who who've appreciated your presentation. Uh, Maynard Clark says, uh, magnificent presentation. So thank you for that. And uh, yeah, uh, does anybody have any other questions? Uh, I guess I, I would um, uh, please, please put them in the chat and I'll try to read them here. Uh, can we get plan-based role models who are not merely entertainers or athletes yes well uh, yeah that that, that will be great to have more and we do and we we have a growing number of uh do you think uh who are some of your favorite influencers uh who are plant-based or who are role models uh in the world oh like uh well billy eilish in the music world is doing a lot of good work um 
And uh, I like the movie Game Changers uh, for the athletes uh, in uh, who might have concerns about uh, going plant-based and affecting their their performance. But I try to I just try to be a good role model myself. Um, you know, having one-on-one -on -one conversations with people and and uh, I'm like you mentioned in the beginning, I'm a cycling enthusiast, and you know it, I think it's important to project a good, healthy, uh, active lifestyle with the plant-based diet, so that that people can kind of uh, uh, look up to you, you know, look up to the ones sending the message. Uh, but beautiful. Well, a couple comments here. Somebody wanted to know if you have a hala recipe to share. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I don't. That's a good question. Yeah, I do miss. I do miss challah. Uh, yeah, that, uh, that. There's egg for people who don't know. There's egg and challah. So yeah, um, I haven't seen. I'm sure a quick search online can get a plant-based challah recipe. Rosanne was expressing her appreciation for your explanation on the mural neurons. A mirror neurons. If I could just learn how to pronounce that. Um, and uh, and the influence of it being so fascinating to her. Uh, Suzanne says, great uh, presentation. She was impressed. She's impressed with you staying calm and cool. And I, I know we've all been there where we're just panicked, like, now nah, what? It's like, no, let me out of here. I'm going to, my electricity just went out, sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's, it's a nice day outside. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend the rest of the day outside. <laughs> that, that'd be a really good thing. Um, yeah. Let, the me, let me um, let me re-record this on my own, um, and uh, hopefully with all the bells and whistles going on, that would be wonderful. And I'll be happy to make sure that we share it everywhere we can. And okay. so thank you for that. Um, yeah. So we'll wrap up. Um, I think I had one other question. I'm not sure how much time we have a minute for it or so, but somebody was curious about what other pediatricians have to say if you when they find out that you're plant-based. Oh, yeah, that's been a frustration to me and is actually uh, my my latest mission is to try to educate pediatricians because it's it's difficult when I'm giving a message to a family and they say, no, well, I, we, my pediatrician insists I drink milk or a pediatrician insists... Uh, I need animal pro I need meat for my iron levels. And so actually um, I'm beta testing an e-course right now uh, that I hope to have available in the next few weeks where it's specifically designed for families and I'm going to be giving it free to pediatricians. But it's for families on how to properly raise uh, a plant-based child. I go over all the concerns about deficiencies and and how to really do the plant-based diet right. And I'm going to send it to all the pediatricians I know for free so that they have access to it and this information so that they can continue uh, giving advice, but hopefully more plant-based advice. Also, I give talks to um, pediatric grand rounds. So uh, grand rounds is a departmental meeting in the pediatric department of ho children's hospitals. And uh, it's usually every week, sometimes administrative, but they also bring in experts to talk about various topics. So I gave one earlier this month at a hospital on Long Island. I'm giving another one later this month at a, at a children's hospital on Long Island. And then in December, I'm giving one in, uh, in uh, Albany. So I'm setting, I've been setting up these uh, pediatric, you know, offering my, my uh, expertise to help pediatricians understand this. So yeah, that's really my mission is to help educate other pediatricians about this because uh, so much of the guidance is uh, milk and meat and animal products. But, uh, you know, uh, yes, I agree that there was a time in our nation's history when milk could help a kid grow up, uh, would ensure adequate nutrition. There was time when meat would help an adult workforce have the energy to be productive. Uh, but we know a lot more about nutrition now. We have a lot more options now. And we have an obesity epidemic now. So it's time to change the recommendations uh, to be more plant-based. We have an environmental crisis now. We have a, a poverty and a food insecurity crisis now. So I, I'm trying to help educate the pediatricians about this so that they can uh, you know, take it up and embrace it. 
Well, Terry says uh, we need more doctors to understand the plant-based benefits. And actually, I, I'm hoping uh, that we can we can collaborate and put together a short set of resources that any parent can show their pediatrician. Say, you know, here's a couple studies. Here's some videos that uh, that you may want to take a look at and and see the benefits of being plant-based. So. Uh, I'd love to for us to collaborate and make that kind of a, a set of resources available to our community. So maybe we can do that soon and everybody watch for that. Yeah, I have friends beta testing my e-course right now. I'll let you know when it's available. Absolutely. Be happy to share that and mm -hmm. everybody stay tuned and watch for that. And and uh, w like I uh, was saying earlier, we're going to have a different speaker every Saturday with a different aspect of thriving and inspiring. So bringing people from uh, the medical, but also from the vegan community, as well as the emotional wellness uh, coaches and and, uh, and counselors so that we can all learn how to stay calm in this world that's not very vegan and whole food plant-based friendly. So we can all thrive and at the same time, try and inspire the people we care about. So thank you everybody for joining us. And thank you, Dr. Edinger. It's been such a pleasure having you. And I look forward to your, your new version of this video and we'll share it with everybody. All right, thank so, you. Thank you. So namaste vegan. Namaste vegan, yes. So long, everybody. Thank you. Yeah.